0: Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile Essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary.
1: Guests appear on the Superbook Sports phone line. Superbook Sports. Download the Superbook Sports Tennessee app today with Jason and John. Live from the Topps Barbecue Studios on 92.9 FM ESPN.
0: Jason Fitz, the host of Fitz and Harry on ESPN Radio. Center on Snapchat, the man does it all. He joins us now. Fitz, we got Super Bowl week, which we'll get to uh, a little bit later. But I wanted to get your thoughts, and we wanted to get your thoughts on what is happening in Memphis. I'm sure you saw the reports yesterday uh, about the incident between John Morant and the Indiana Pacers traveling party. And this, of course, is on the heels of several other incidents. John Morant was in the news in TMZ and – you know, there have been a long list, you know, of, of things that have happened. What do you make of this from a from a national, you know, vantage point? Seeing sort of what's going on in Memphis, what the incidents with Shannon or this, or you know, just all of it. What's your What's your perspective?
2: You're never gonna win, like, and, and I mean, I don't mean like win games i mean you're never going to win against the nba when it comes to the battle of perception this is a key moment for the franchise because you know we all are old enough to remember the some of the issues the nba constantly felt like they were dealing with in the 90s uh you know with with the marketability of the stars and people coming out and saying a lot of awful things about basketball players that weren't true and you know there was this mindset of the way nba players acted and all of it just just trash right And the NBA has done a beautiful job of cleaning up that image and look at their most marketable stars. Their most marketable stars are guys that you can put on a a McDonald's ad as easy as you can put them on an NBA game. And that's what they like for the faces of the league. And when you've got Ja, you're not just talking about being somebody that's a top-20 player. You're talking about being somebody that's supposed to be a face of the league. So I think this is one of those, like, turning point moments for the league where they sit down with Memphis and they talk to everybody there and say, hey, Get this thing under control because, frankly, if you can't keep whatever your drama is or whatever your moments are behind closed doors, at some point the league is going to say, hey, let's give this less attention. If we can't trust the superstars on this team and we can't trust this team in general to represent themselves the right way for the brand of the NBA, we will simply give this team less games that matter. We'll give this team less attention, less prime spots, the exact opposite thing of what Memphis Is building so I mean I saw the reports like everybody else did and my first thought was man this is one of those things that you got to remember the like we always say nobody's bigger than the shield in the NFL same thing in the NBA they are going to absolutely come down with the thunder of the gods in every way they can if Memphis doesn't make sure that they are squeaky clean and marketable because that is what the NBA does globally now
1: I think I'm with you. Fitzie and I do think it just comes down. to No matter you got to grow up, whether whether that's Ja individually, who he's got around him. I mean, you got to you know you got a max contract now. You got to you got to deal with Nike or the team because the more this stuff happens, and the more the Grizzlies keep losing, you know, whether it's Charles Barkley or somebody else saying, man, they got to they got to stop talking, shut up, and just play ball, start winning again. It seems like it comes down to that, Fitzy, just growing up individually and as a as a franchise right now.
2: Yeah, a thousand percent right. And by the way, like let me be clear. I said this all the time as a Raiders fan with Marcus Russell. If I was in my early twenties and you handed me thirty two million dollars fully guaranteed, I'd have thrown my life away too. Now I'm not saying Ja is doing that by any stretch of the imagination, but you do have this difference in we life, power. and all of a sudden, yeah. like you you are now in a situation you never could prepare for. And I see it all the time in the music business where guys get rich and famous. And they just weren't wired to handle it. He's got to sit down with people he trusts to figure out how to handle it. And then Memphis as an organization is going to have to look at one or two things internally: what's their structure to make sure that they're they're putting the right leadership in the right ears. But also, do they need to go out and acquire somebody at the trade deadline that's a little bit more of a been there, done that presence in the locker room that can come in and say, "Hey, this is how we do business." Like I, I don't think that's a bad idea for Memphis at this point.
0: Don't, don't you think it's going to have to come from somebody not. In the organization, because because to me, it feels like with the dynamics here that there's really not a lot the Grizzlies can say or do. You know, like he's he's the best player the franchise has ever had. Uh, he's a, he's a he's a superstar. You know, he gives them a chance to win a championship. Isn't it going to have to come from whether it's a you know a veteran that they don't have right now or you know like Jason mentioned Nike? Like it just feels like you know I, I don't even know if it's T. You know his dad because T's, you know T's been in the in the midst of it several times as well. It just feels nah, like it's good. yeah.
2: I don't think it can be his dad, and you're right. But like right now, even if I'm scouring the world looking for somebody to bring on as a bench coach, like I need a voice in there that is like that person that can come in that's going to be able to to hit his ears differently. And this is the moment where, again, you know, I'll use a football analogy. But one thing that Patrick Mahomes has talked about in a million different interviews that part of the reason he's Patrick Mahomes is because he had Alex Smith there constantly saying, hey, this is what you do. This is how you prep your week. This is how you're a professional. This is what you need to eat. Here's a person that needs to help you with this and that. And look, I've, I've felt that in my own life. You know, when I, when I made the leap into broadcasting, the number of people that would come in and be like, hey, you need to talk to these people now and you need to start working on this. And like, you just constantly have to have mentors around you that you will listen to. So if I'm Memphis I don't care if it's a bench coach. I don't care if it's somebody we need to hire for the front office. I don't care if it's essentially a handler we need to bring in. They've got to find a way to bring in somebody that has the ear and the heart of John that that will sort of look back and be able to look at him and say, man, you don't need to do that in a way that he'll hear and not get defensive over. That's tough.
0: There's been a real evolution with the Grizzlies uh, over the last several months, and and maybe this is just part of the maturation or or, or part of the process, but they kind of went from – this, you know, upstart, plucky look at John Morant, number two, Murray said underdog um, ahead of schedule. They went sort of from that team to now they're clearly the, the team that everybody is, is gunning for, they don't like. Um, and they've sort of, whether it's by their own doing or what have you, become the villains of the NBA. Now, that may on the surface sound like a bad thing, but could it actually be a good thing for the NBA? that here comes a team like the Grizzlies that are, that honestly seem to be embracing that role. Um, Could that be a good thing for the product?
2: Huge. I mean, for the NBA, like, look, I'm not a big superhero guy, but I think everybody will get this analogy. The best Batman movies weren't about Batman. They were about the Joker, right? Like the best Batman movies are about the best villains. And what you, you know, the best eras in eighties wrestling needed a heel and a face, right? Like, you think about the way that they market everything. Yeah, I mean, having the bad boys against Michael Jordan was a was a huge chapter for the NBA as late as, you know, the, the 80s and 90s, right? So think about what they like. They like heroes and villains all the time. The question is, how do you turn that villainy into lovable villains? Like, there was a weird moment for Golden State where everybody loved them until everybody hated them, right? And now they're back to everybody loves them. And KD has been in this situation where everybody loves him. Now he's a villain. Everybody hates him. You've got to be able to really play that role well. But what works for Memphis, in my mind, is – and look, I, I think this is fair. Like, they blew up. We've been talking for years now. This, this franchise blew up in the national conscience overnight, and rightfully so, right? So now all of a sudden the rest of the league's looking around saying, man, they ain't that good. Like, they don't deserve that much credit. They're not that spectacular. So it gives you sort of the clapback moment. The problem is they've got to make sure when they push back to that, A, that they're great – and B, that they're embracing the villain in enough of a way that's relatable that the league can market it. That's tricky. That's why that's why wrestling has professional writers to handle that stuff. Yeah,
1: and if you're, if you're going to be the villain, too, you got to be able to back it up. They haven't been able to do that uh, of late. Mm-hmm. Fitzy, I'm probably sure we're going to ask you about the Super Bowl, but since we're in NBA, blockbuster deal over the weekend, Kyrie goes from the Nets to the Dallas Mavericks. What? From a Dallas perspective, Fitzy, does it does it make does it make them a championship contender in your eye?
2: It makes them better. Let me say it this way. I don't think it pushes them to the best in the West or even the best against the best of the East. But I'll say this. Like you needed to show Luca that you're desperate to try and give him somebody. And Kyrie, let me say this gently. I don't want to offend anybody in Texas, but I think Kyrie goes to one of the few markets that A, they don't sort of have the magnifying glass that New York and LA has, and B philosophically, many of the fans down there will agree with some of the things he has to say in life. So it feels like it's a fit where he can sort of go, not have to defend himself every two seconds. He can just play basketball. So when he does that, you know, I I think there's a lot of off-ball questions. There's a lot of ball-handling questions. What are they going to do for Luke and Kyrie to work together? Uh, If they can work together, you know, they become immediately the most dynamic duo in the NBA over Brown and Tatum, scoring-wise at least. They won't play any defense. Maybe that doesn't matter in modern NBA. I think it makes them better, and I think it shows a commitment that Mark Cuban is making to try and win. I don't think it necessarily makes me feel like they're going to be putting up the Larry o. B. this summer, though. I'm
0: talking to Jason Fitz, catch him on Fitz and Harry on ESPN Radio uh, and Center on Snapchat, lots of other things going on for ESPN. All right, on to the Super Bowl. It is, of course, this Sunday. Uh, I did find this stat, Fitz, and maybe you think there's an edge, maybe not team uh, coaches that have experience in the Super Bowl head coaches that have experience and have been in that game before versus first time head coaches appearing in the Super Bowl are 16 and 11 straight up now that's not a huge edge but it is an edge do you think there's any substance to that stat
2: a thousand percent and actually in our production meeting today for Fitton we were talking about the fact that I keep hearing a bunch of people tell me the Eagles are going to win by double digits well they have the exact same record. They've scored the exact same number of points this year. Like they are, our advanced analytics computers say it's a 50-50 split and everybody's treating it like there's going to be no answer. Well, as good as Jalen Hurts has been, the best quarterback in this matchup is Patrick Mahomes. And the only head coach that we have any proof of concept with is Andy Reid. So are there issues? Yeah. Like, you know, does Kansas City need to figure out how to run the football? Yes. Am I going to bet against the best quarterback coach combo in a game? Hell no. Like, I think we are absolutely sleeping on the Chiefs right
1: now. Yeah, I, I, I'm along those lines, I just feel like this one's going to come down to Jalen Hurts. Like, when you're going against a great one like Mahomes, that when he's got to do it, you know, like, he, you, you feel like he's going to get it done. You've seen it in these moments. What's your confidence level? I know during the season, they talked about being, you know, on third down. You know, he showed well, but what's your confidence level that if it does come down to him, he's going to be able to make the throw?
2: I think if it comes down to his athletic ability, I have a ton of confidence in him because of the way he runs the football. If he's got to make the perfect throw to win the game, man, I, I don't know. That's a, that's asking a lot of control of adrenaline. That's asking the moment, you know, not to be too big. And Jalen Hurts has certainly been in big moments. There's no doubt about it. But as I continually say with him, every moment he is in the NFL is the biggest moment he's ever been in. So as much as we made the NFC championship game about the lack of experience for Brock Purdy in big moments, we forgot that we haven't ever seen Jalen Hurts at this level. So his ability to control adrenaline in the Super Bowl, I think, is a wild unknown. So if he's gotta run for it, he could just he could just trust his athleticism. If he's gotta find AJ Brown, man, he better not make a mistake. You've been the Raiders
0: quarterback soothsayer. You were adamant that Brady was not gonna happen, he retired um aaron Rodgers was said he heard mostly from raiders fans over the weekend at the golf event Uh, is does that feel like a move that the raiders would try to pull off or do you think he's going to end up somewhere like new york
2: i don't think like right now my gut still says he goes back to green bay i know that's not a sexy story but I, i think the the financials are so difficult for green bay and all of this courting that's going on like i think the Jets are a place he could go and win a Super Bowl. There's no doubt about that, as good as that roster is. Uh, but even Devontae Adams last night admitted that he just loves trolling people. Of course he wants to play with his buddy, but uh, right now Devontae and, and Aaron Rodgers love the attention they're getting for this. They're going to draw this out because they love every ounce of it, but I have a hard time believing that the plan you know, for the Raiders right now is to go with Aaron Rodgers, who, by the way, with Aaron Rodgers, the Raiders are still, at best, the second-best team in their division, maybe the third-best team in their division. So, why he'd want to go somewhere where suddenly he's the third best quarterback next year. It just, again, doesn't make sense to me. Like, I I think, you know, this is overcomplication of the quarterback market. This year reminds me a lot of two years ago when all of our guys on national kept saying it's going to be the year of unprecedented change. And it was really just like, Jared Goff moving teams, right? Like, that was it. Like, it wasn't, it wasn't some big moment. I think we're going to end up with this boring Brady retires, Rodgers is back to Green Bay, and a bunch of teams that need a quarterback are going to desperately reach in the draft because there is no good solution.
1: And then around this time next year, if we're looking back on the Cowboys season, are we saying, okay, it was all Mike McCarthy, he wanted play calling, go get you another coach, or are we including, hey, man, maybe Dak isn't the guy there?
2: Yeah, I think in a year Dak and Mike are both gone. Like anytime a coach is taking back more responsibility, that tells me things are going off the rails, right? And you know, Herm said with us last week that, you know, coaches will always want to they want to put bring it in house if they're coaching for their job. Well, that doesn't feel to me like the right like delegation might be the better thing to do. So, you know, I I don't feel great about where McCarthy's headed in this play calling situation and and I've never seen a quarterback regress the way that Dak has at the basics. So I think a fresh start is going to be important, and in a year, Dallas is going to be looking for a new coach and a new quarterback. Mm.
0: Fitz, you are the man, dude. Appreciate Have you as always. Have a great week, brother. Have a great week. Appreciate you guys. Yep. Yep. He is Jason Fitz, joins us every single Monday here on the show. How about that? Big predictions there from Jason Fitz about the Jack Dallas and
1: Mike McCarthy. Yeah. And he throws another 15 interceptions regular season.
0: Well, it's it's, it's they never both go. So it's one. It's 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 one first, and then the and then the. I mean, that, the way the the way the process plays out is okay. Owner chooses one. Mm-hmm. You know, Mike's going first.
1: Sure, but even with even with back to back bad seasons, back to back Dak?
0: I don't think they'd get. I don't think they get rid of both at the same time. I mean, in that case, then you'd have to get rid of Dak. But I just don't think you're going to start over completely. Maybe, maybe, maybe Jerry. Honestly, if there's an owner who was who's crazy enough to do it, it would be Jerry. To just say, yeah, I want a new coach. I want a new quarterback. You know, mm-hmm. um, but yeah, I think both are on notice for sure. All right, we'll come back, Jason and John. I need trying to ESPN. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only twenty five dollars a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile, get four iPhone 15s on us, and four lines for twenty five bucks per line per month, with eligible trade-in when you switch